want to know the only thing wrong with killing you, Jill? I can only do it once. Bloody Black Rum Podcast. I want to play a game. You have been hypercritical of the films that you review. This Halloween, you will be forced to sit through all seven Saw films. Let's see if you can make it through these new metal filled films alive. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum podcast. I'm Ryan from the Moon is Dead World on App, and I'm joined by my co-host, Martin. How's it going? And uh, it's not going that well today. Today's a pretty somber day. And that's that's how I would describe it. What day the music died? <laughs> Most <laughs> of us, and a lot of us, it did die today for a little, for a little while. Uh, of course, today is uh, November 9th. We are post-American election, and the revo- results are uh, kind of revolting, to say the least. Uh, it's kind of hard to do a podcast episode when you're super discouraged, and I gotta say that uh, both of us are pretty discouraged. I know we were watching the election results come in last night. Uh, I stayed up till 2 a.m., even though I had to work today. And I think Martin can attest that I kind of went on a tirade last night, a texting tirade. It was entertaining. It it wasn't wrong, was it? Well, it was just great. You're the first-time voter watching you go through the motions of election night, having to, like, All right, Hillary won California. And I'm like, well... No shit. Not just <laughs> no, not just that. I mean, I was just excited for that. Just just be just excited in general for that. Because she had been losing oh. and pretty much lost. Well, now a new paradigm is set. Don't you don't even have to bother for like the big states anymore. That's right. Hammer out the get those little ones. But it's you know, we're it, it it's hard. It's hard to to come back from something debilitating like that and try to do a like a funny episode of the podcast which really in all in all in all merits saw 3d the final chapter or seven. otherwise known as seven the or, there's an identity crisis well, here or, that we or saw seven 3d the final chapter yeah you just want, put, you want to add them all, all put together. them all together yeah, yeah uh which you know this episode should should actually be really funny and uh there's only one person to blame for that taking that away Not the person I was thinking of, but yeah, sure, that too. Uh, But anyway, you know, we're not going to dwell on this for for very long. But um, just uh, wanted to kind of let you know that if we're a little bit in the dumps today uh, in our episode, or we kind of get a little bit surly, and we certainly have been drinking, I know I've been drinking a little bit more than I normally do for a podcast episode, um, that's the reason why. So we're post election, and. Perhaps heading to post-apocalypse, so... Well, I was just wondering why uh, why the Communist Party wasn't on the ticket. You vote Communist Party? I want to get blacklisted. Mm-hmm. You know, put, yeah. on, put on the NSA's list of suspects. I mean, it's, you know, the 1930s, I gotta keep watching them. You know, yeah. and the thing is... That Actually, I-, I feel like when I voted in 08, they were on the ticket when I voted. 
I, I feel like they were. They were like Maybe. at the they were at the very bottom, but yeah, I mean. it, that's possible. But the thing is, um, I really don't have anything against people. Who, well, I, I don't have anything. You know, if you voted for Trump, that's cool. I mean, you voted for Trump, and you have your reasons for it. I get that. What I don't care to stand for is any intolerance or bigotry or racism or sexism or um, anything of that nature that you want to throw into the mix as part of the reasons to revoke. And when you, when you, if, if I should say, if, if you post something stupid or something that's just clearly factually incorrect, uh, I am definitely going to call you out on it. And so I just wanted to preface this, uh, this podcast episode with that kind of tone, because I will gladly debate what happened with you as long as you can do it in a reasonable manner. And as long as you uh, are not coming at it with a, a, a preconceived uh, notion of who's right and who's wrong and, and that there is a right and wrong to this subject matter. Because um, basic human rights are, uh, are just that. Basic. Should be, should, should be uh, just a, a given right. And apparently we are entering into a... Uh, into a time where that's not that's not actually the case so i don't know do you have anything else to add about that i mean i'm sure we'll we'll return a little bit to to crack some jokes and try to make make light of the situation a little bit i do know that someone that i i uh have on my facebook page uh posted yesterday that at least the uh the next four years of punk will be awesome which i thought was a pretty clever comment to punk uh, is still a genre thriving yeah, it is. I mean, but they're saying in four years it's going to be great because, you know, out of madness comes some great I anarchist. I, mean, I don't know. Punk. I don't know. I think those days are long gone. Now there's still some bands that are really, you know, driving that. Uh, that's like at that, at this point, that's kind of like asking, "Hey, when's rock coming to back to dominate?" It's it's <clears throat> as, as much as I like to hate to say it. It's well, punk it's in the like, sense that, uh, I mean, you can cl- classify hardcore as a form of punk. And I no, think that's I'm, probably what they're lumping I'm into. just, no, but I'm just saying, like, overall, it's kind of like, yeah. like I said, it's like, oh, maybe with that, Rock will come back, too. It's like, yeah, as much as I like Wilco and Dawes, they're not going to be, yeah. you know. Yeah. They're not chart. They're not charting. It's uh, electronic stuff and whatnot now. But, I mean, as far <laughs> as... um. As this goes, we're gonna try to leave those election woes in the in the background as we as we discussed saw. Um, but you know that that feeling is is always there. You know, with anger threatening to to bubble over at any moment, for, especially for me. Cause well, I'm fairly angry. Well, now you know how people apparently felt during uh, Obama's tenure as president. That's a little bit different, though. I uh, had to point that out to someone today. Someone close. I will say that. Well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, that, I'm, I'm just saying, like, um, you had a lot of people who were very upset at Obama's two terms. Uh, bitching and moaning relentlessly about it. And now that Trump won, they're like, let's unite together, guys. We gotta get, we, get together. We get to do the same now. We need to bitch and moan. Well, unfortunately, the Democratic Party is not that smart. Mm. They're not that 
savvy about politics. Do you have anything angry to uh, to add before we try to get into the the actual podcast? Get this out of your system. Uh, it's being. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing the Brian Williams sigh? I'm so you know when you said he was sighing, I I was like I didn't know he was back on television. I thought him lying about being like an Iraqi shootout's like <laughs> they banned him for like a, half a lifetime. Huh? They're, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, Frankenstein Walter Cronkite's body and get him back <laughs> out there. Yeah, you know. But I don't know. It, it is what it is. We gotta, we gotta salvage what we can with it. Um, I mean, she, she did win the popular vote. So there's that. There's that. Granted. You're going to have people saying, well, she only won by like a couple hundred thousand. That's the technically correct, as Futurama has taught us before. The best kind of correct, which means she still won the popular vote. Because yep. you could say that too, like, well, Trump only won Michigan by, you know, this amount. It's like, that, you know, and then you'd be like, but he still won. So it's... Still won. So. Yep. I mean... Look, it is what it is. Um, I'm not going to try to get too divisive about it, especially on here, just because I don't want to alienate people. But what I will say is this, because she did win the popular vote. It is a slim margin that she won, but she did win the popular vote. Um, with if, When Trump does get in office, his mandate to get things done, which he's going to be more likely to get things done unless... Fellow Republicans who are in the House and Senate decide that they don't like him, which I highly doubt that'll happen because it's all about partisan lines now for both Republicans and Democrats, and that's part of the problem today is people falling too hard in line with the party instead of just overall doing things that are right morally and ideologically. But because his mandate is to get things done is small compared to when Obama won in 08 and 12, when he won, especially in 08, with a wide margin over McCain, popular and electoral, electoral college vote, um, I will say there's very much room for not that much to get done by Trump. Yeah. If, if Demo- like I said, if people who didn't vote for Trump and are angry about it, if they, like I said, are smart, and politically played out like the Republicans played it out the past eight years and be kind of obstructionist and push for the things that they want done. Don't bend and compromise. Yep. And that's going to be up to the people that are Democrats in the House and the Senate, and it's going to be up to the that constituent base that follows that that's ideology. Right. Yeah. So if you really want that done, you're really going to have to push for it. Because again, like I said, it's not like he got elected... With an overwhelming majority, where it'd that be everybody like, supported that yeah. you know things should get done. Yeah, but I it's mean, uh, yeah. I mean that, that's what that's what we have to to kind of come to terms with is it is what it is. But we we just can't concede and just let it roll over and let it happen. Let what well, whatever the whims are happen. Yeah. So. It's you know we've got work to do, and it certainly is going to be a, a tough uphill battle for. The next four years, especially not for us. I'm white. I'm male. I'm straight. 
I I still feel pretty secure. Not scared for myself. Certainly scared for my friends. Who may not be white male straight. So. Uh, let's leave it at that. And, uh, you know, we may come back to it here and there in the podcast. Crack some jokes. But, again, our collective sigh. You know where we stand. <laughs> and we're going to do our best to get get past that. So, we are, uh, we're talking about Saw 7 slash Saw 3D slash Saw the final chapter. Uh, like I said before, there's some, some, uh, there's an identity crisis here because, you know, it is known as Saw 7. It is known as Saw the final chapter, Um, but the title credits call it just Saw 3D. They should just call it Saw 7. It really, yeah. For the love of God. Yeah. (laughs) For the love of God. It's like. To make it easy. It's like the Friday films where they, uh, add unnecessary, like, subtitles to each, you know, Mm -hmm. to some of the films and. Not like that, like. An even worse offender would be Ram the Rambo films. Yeah. What's the first Rambo first film? Blood. What's yeah? I was saying, what's the first Rambo film? It's First Blood. What's the second one? Rambo First Blood Two. <laughs> yeah. It's like what? Yeah. And, and Why just, is it First Blood again? It there's yeah. like, no. It's it's next blood. <laughs> second blood. Yeah. Just cut. No. I I hate that. Look, we know. Like again. I understand why they called it called you know had tacked on Saw 3D, um, because at the time 3D was becoming the it was the shit the fucking thing to do it was the shit which angers me because I can't see 3D <laughs> so it's a waste of money. There's been two times I've gone to films and I've had to see them in 3D. I've seen Coraline in 3D because that's what everyone, like, this group I went with, they wanted to see it in 3D. So you paid the extra money. So I paid the extra, like, $4 to sit there and I remember, like, halfway through the film because I remember, I knew I always had trouble seeing, like, 3D, like, with glasses but I remember I was sitting there, because this was back in college, like, my junior year, and I remember sitting there sitting next to one of my my roommate and I was like, dude, is anything happen like, halfway through the film, like, is like, anything happening in 3D? And he's like, yeah, dude. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I haven't seen shit. Cause, and it was annoying because I wear glasses as it is. So I'm sitting there wearing glasses on top of my glasses. And then I'd be like, eh, I'm not seeing anything. Take my glasses off and wear just the 3D glasses. I'm like, I can't see shit because I'm blind. So it's like, and I'm like constantly configuring before I was like, fuck it. I'll just watch the blurry picture. And the other time I saw a film in 3D was Star Trek Into Darkness. The second film in the reboot series. Um. And that was because I checked online to make sure they were doing the 3D and the regular screening at the theater. Mm-hmm. And they were, but that night they weren't. They were just doing the 3D, and so I had to see it in fucking 3D. And it was awful because, I, like I said, I was just sitting there getting a headache. Like, yeah. I can't see this. The picture's blurry. This film is awful. <laughs> this is terrible. So it was just like an amalgamate. So, so it's pretty much less like last night's election. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But so I'm glad the 3D phase has died because, like I said, I get nothing from it. Um, I think even more so, it's a gimmick solely to boost ticket sales at the theater because when you go and see these films uh, on your Blu-ray and DVD, God, those parts where they really yeah. wanted you to know that that was going to be 3D, they whoo, stick out like a sore fucking thumb. Like literally stick out. Um, I, yeah, I remember 
going to My Bloody Valentine 3D and mm-hmm. being very offended. Which we, which, did, which we reviewed already. On we the did, yeah. Uh, like episode like 12 or something like that. Um, again, I'm not a good caretaker of the podcast. I don't have every single uh, episode stuck in my head. Well, but you should. I know, I there's really podca- should. There's podcasters I listen to there like in their, on their 500th episode and they can like recall, like, like mention one random no, thing. No, they can't. They paused, the, they, paused, they paused it to figure out where they were. No. Um, it was, uh, episode 17. There you go. I looked it up for you. Episode 17 is where we cover the My Bloody Valentine remake. But anyways, I remember being very, very offended and upset that when I went to go see My Bloody Valentine 3D, they didn't have it in 3D. I know. You, that was like a you, big thing. Yeah, you were I was like, I holy fuck, this is why I came out to see this movie. I know, but I'm not surprised because the theater that you saw at the time was yeah. before they got new ownership was, uh... Yeah. So, but <laughs> the, I... The dregs. But I mean, I remember being really offended, but now I could really care less. It's like, I'm not spending three extra dollars on that 3D. I'll just watch it in fucking 2D. I, I'll pick out the points where I know that it's gonna, you know, it's supposed to be in 3D. Um, but... The one movie that I did see in 3D that I thought was really awesome was um, the the animated version of uh, Christmas Carol with the voice of Jim Carrey, who does like you know Scrooge and uh, some of the other some of the other ghosts of Christmas, um, and that was a really awesome 3D movie that had a lot of effects, like not just things that stuck out to you, but just effects in general, like flying through the air. It's kind of like a ride, like flying through the air snowflakes stuff like that that was like one of the best probably one of the best 3d movies that i've ever seen and i don't know if anything could top it really because they don't really bother to do any of that effects work it's just like what can we make stick out at you i think especially during that time because every film was slapping on in 3d yeah uh those 3d you know, effects were slapped in very, like, post-production, very last minute with, like, little thought. It was, yeah. Like, um, some of them were, you know, you could tell because some of them were added after the fact, and those are the ones that you really can tell were added because they just don't have the the effect that some of the actual real 3D uh, features had that were shot in 3D. Um and so, you know, with the new technology that they had, with the 3D technology. So, you know, it's you know, it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes if you get 3D on the title, you're immediately thinking, wow, this is probably going to be a shitty movie except for the 3D. Or you're, you're thinking, maybe this one is worth seeing in 3D. I'm not really sure, you know. There's, a, there's a two ways to view that, and I would say that for Saw... 3D or Saw 7, however we're referring to it, uh, this is really in the latter camp, that it's not really useful to have that 3D effect added to this film, besides the fact that they wanted to go out with a bang, and they wanted to have as much as possible in this film. Let's just, like, jam-pack it with stuff. Let's let's put traps in here that don't really matter. Let's, uh, you know, let's have 3D stuff, like Saw sticking out at you, because it's, it's called Saw. So we need that. Well, I think it's, I think it's pretty comical. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it is. And you know, I think you know we'll get into it. it, it what are we calling this? Are we calling this Saw Seven? Is that how we're referring to it? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, it's I the seventh do. in the Halloween series. It's our finale. We'll call it Saw Seven. So I just just wanted to clarify what we're calling it here. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get into that in a second. Obviously, we did not watch it in three D. Uh, I did see this in theaters. I. Do not recall seeing it in 3D. I don't think I did. I think I saw it in 2D. 
Um, so we'll get to that in a second. But let's take a break here to talk about what we're drinking because we're drinking a lot. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's time to uh, you know kill our livers a little bit. So we kind of have an amalgamation of things today. Um, like we've been saying before, uh, we in the last episode I said we had a Halloween. Par- I had a Halloween party, picked up a lot of beer, so I still have leftovers of that. Uh, I had a Brooklyn Oktoberfest, which we talked about before. You had a Saranac uh, Keller Weiss, which uh, I had on the show last time, so we won't touch on those. Um, you uh, you've had a course tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coors Light, not, Coors Light. Not that's the, right. Not not, not not the banquet beer. No uh, need for celebration of that one. <laughs> and uh, but the one thing that we have not touched on is uh, hard ciders, and we do have uh, two tonight. Um, I have the Angry Orchard Hoppin' Mad Apple, which is part of their fall pack. Uh, so it's it's got an infusion of hops to the regular apple cider that they they do. And uh, I think it's pretty good. I don't think that the the hops are that noticeable in it. And you said you've had the um, what was the one? What was it called? Citizen cider. Citizen cider, which is a, another hoppy cider. Yeah, they ha- they have a uh, hoppy dry cider, and it's uh, that is pretty hoppy actually. And that um, one, you said you're not a huge fan of. It, it's just a weird mix to me. Mm. I don't really want hops in my cider. But, I I I. I can totally see them doing it just because like hey a lot of craft beers are selling that IPA let's uh let's see if we can shove some hops into our cider yeah you know um I mean I liked it at the same time it was just weird different and I I wouldn't ever go out of my way to get it again no do you like the hop in it uh, mad apple is that yeah, something that does yeah. it for you I mean I think I, it's pretty I'm not, good it's I'm it's, not that big on Angry Orchard to begin uh, with. that's true I mean it's 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 crisp enough with that hops that. It's. I don't think it's really super noticeable though that it has an infusion of hops in it. It's not really. Mm, no, I just took another swig of it. It's not really that noticeable at all. It pretty much just tastes like a regular cider to me, with maybe maybe a little bit of that hop flavor. And now you had a woodchucks, right? Yeah, woodchuck gumption. Um, I've never actually tried their gumption. I've seen it around. And to be quite honest with you, it's uh, nothing special. It just tastes like they're amber. I, I can't really discern what the big difference between this is. So what is the gumption supposed to be? Like, what's the uh, the idea behind this cider? Um, you know, it just... It's, <sighs> their description on the bottle says nothing. Hmm. Read it. It literally says no. I was reading it, and it literally describes nothing. <laughs> oh yeah, just it talks about P.T. Barnum. Celebrates the spirit of P.T. Barnum, and those with the gumption to follow their own path. We pair the fresh juice of common eating apples with dry cider apples to bring you a bold and unique drinking experience. So basically, you get your common eating apples, which I don't really know what common eating apples is. Does that mean like? Your Macintosh? Does that mean you're... Yeah, because they're not using those for cider. <clears throat> yeah. I guess that's what that means. And then you get your cider. So it's, I guess, maybe a less dry version I, of a cider? I, I'm telling you. It, you didn't really notice the difference. It tasted like, like a, the their regular like amber. Like the, the straight cider. Yeah, the regular amber. And so, that's the thing that so, I... So, I mean, so um, on that note, like, I like their amber quite a bit. Um, 
I don't drink hard cider that much anymore, be- just because it kind of gets my stomach a little off kilter, especially yeah. if you drink it in like more than three at a rip. But uh, yeah, as much as like they're amber, like like I can't tell the- what the fuck the difference between this is. It's, that's uh, the that's the biggest part of uh, of ciders. Sometimes is that you know they can use those different apples, but can you really taste the different apples? And for me, I don't have a great tongue. I don't have good taste buds. I can't taste it. Uh, that's like the same thing with me with hops. And when you have a different, with a, like a quadruple hopped beer or something, it's like, we use these four different types of hops. It's like, yeah, this tastes really hoppy. Like the other beer that used five different types of hops. And I don't really tell, I can't really tell the difference between them. They just taste really hoppy. Um, maybe that's me. Maybe that's my body and just... I'm just not that good at it. Well, I think I'm not a super taster. Well, I think at the same time, I think a lot of it's just bullshit. Like publicizing. Yeah, because like we, as we talked about before, we were talking about like when we saw like the one review of Guinness Generous Ale, and we thought it was the blandest, most like there was nothing there at all. There's nothing, nothing discernible about it at all. We'll go online, you read reviews on like Beer Advocate, and you got somebody like, oh, I taste the fig and the allspice and the. Hints of dried fruits and plum, and it's like, what were you tasting? Yeah, who has tasted just allspice? Yeah, I mean, I might. Uh, How could you discern it? Granted, you can correct me if I'm an uneducated dullard on this situation. I won't be offended. I've never like. <laughs> God bless you. Oh yeah, excuse Jeez. me. Thank you. Um, I've never sat down and just tasted allspice. No, I wouldn't. I. Can't say that I have either. And so, like, why? And it's not just like that beer review, but it's like several like that you've seen. Yeah, yeah. And like picking out something that really is not there. Like, oh, hints of ver- like you know fine dark cocoa, and it's like like if like the Game of Thrones Almagang style. It's like oh, I get the hints of roasted dark cocoa leaves. It's what? Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah, I know. Like, what are you? What's generating that? I mean, I mean... There's no cocoa in it. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I. It's it's not like it's a breakfast stout from Founders where you could actually taste those things. It's. I just I yeah. I know that I don't have a sophisticated palate like that. I can't decipher between multiple different things in there. But it's not. I mean, it's not like beer though, too. Like whiskey. Like when I read like whiskey, like descriptions. Yeah, the at, vanilla and, and like hint yeah. of oak, and it's like I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get that at all. Yeah. Like we need to work on our tongue muscles. I, I, do they sit there and just swish it around until like? Hmm, if you swish it around for forty seconds, you get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do that stuff. I wish I could just. Be like Mike Berbiglia and, yeah. and Orange is the New Black, just being like, you know, scotch. You yeah. Know? I mean, I wish I could. I wish I had a sophisticated palate. I don't think I it could. has anything to do with that. Like I said, I think it's just public. It's just. Yeah. And then when, if it's like, it, it's if it, the review gets enough like likes and thoughts, people are like, oh, yeah, I do taste it. Yeah, you actually, know? you know, there is plum yeah. in that. Uh, anything else that you've had recently for uh, drinking this? No, Miller Lite. Yeah. <laughs> You're just pounding those back. No, and Coors Light tonight, because, uh... Yeah. Whew, yeah. You gotta have something easy drinking to my, sip on. My pocket constitution's crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You uh, you said you had it in I'm your not, hand last night. I'm not li- Yeah, I'm not lying. I actually have a pocket Constitution Declaration of Independence. That's why I like the quiz. If, uh, for those of you who don't know from listening to the podcast, I have a history degree, American history, in specific uh, specifically for teaching, and uh, I like to just randomly quiz people when they're like, "I love America and the Constitution." I'll be like, "What's the Third Amendment?" And they just look at me blank, blankly. And I get to be like, oh, you don't know all your amendments? <laughs> I know all the amendments. Because <laughs> I'm that dedicated. <laughs> so, I mean. Or boring. I'm, I'm just joking. Well, I, I don't care. <laughs> I just love America more than you do. That's right. <laughs> you have the. Uh, you had. Welcome to America rug. No, welcome mat on your doorstep. Yeah. Well, you you have you had chicks running at you at the our the Wilco concert to register to vote uh, five years back, and, I and said you no. and you were like, no, they didn't need my help at that time. <laughs> this time we did. Well, well, Jeff Tweedy's probably crying right now. <laughs> he probably doesn't know what to do. Like where he? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. All right, let's get to uh, to Saw Seven here and finish out. Maybe maybe he'll go to Japan to work with Mersbau. That's right. I hope he does. I hope he does. some dad rock. You don't even like Wilco, though. Well, I do a little, a little bit. Well, I know, but like... Not know. enough to like know you wouldn't songs, li- I know, but song you titles, w- like that guy asking me about what what's his song called. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I know, that's great about the yeah. whole thing. Like, the one guy's like, spilled his beer on me, and he goes to you. Sorry, man! Yep. It's like, oh, you, you spilled your beer on me, asshole. <laughs> and then like, hey, what's the song of this? And he looks at you and you're like, I don't fucking know. It's like, yeah, I know, though. Nope. Yeah, well, I guess I just don't look trustworthy. <laughs> it's, it's that goddamn lazy eye, I'm telling you. Um, oh, but let's get to Saw 7. Do you really want to talk about it? <laughs> you don't want to talk about it, but I we definitely have to. We got to close out this Halloween series because... We're already two weeks out from Halloween. But it's now. not going to be closed though, because once next year rolls around, Saw Eight's going to be out. Or Saw. No, well, the Halloween series will be closed. The we'll just cover that like we would cover anything oh, else. Can we have to? We're going to go to the theater to see it. Oh my gosh! Like watch. It. Oh. All right, let's start with. Um... Can they afford Carrie Elwes to come? Back? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they can. <laughs> because I doubt he's charging much at this point. <laughs> Sorry, Carrie. Um, but yeah, let's start with that because um, this film has like three different openings to it. Wouldn't you agree? There's the opening where where Carrie Elwes is making flashback. Yeah, it's a flashback sequence where Carrie Elwes is making his way through. The the doors uh, in the first Saw film, like it's it's like going right back to that after he cut his leg off, and then you have the the opening game, which is set in public, that is directly before the opening credits. Oh, it's just the dumbest thing in the world. And then after that, you have like the the roundup of like what happened in Saw Six. And it's like that's those are three openings to this film. It's like you could have you you pick one of them. Pick one and then figure out how well, you're gonna incorporate the rest. Well see, when you're not good at writing stories and screenplays, yeah. you cram as much shit in there and make it as convoluted as possible. 
So at the end of the day, people be like, wow, what a genius. And, I, and it, that is definitely what Saw 7 is doing. Because if we're talking about unnecessary openings to this film, that first game is the most unnecessary opening that I think any of them get. Because we don't even really return to that game. No. It has and, no and, and, bearing. And I didn't really, I mean, Grant, I was too busy kind of. Uh, tooting out a little bit, looking at my, you know, Facebook. And, yeah. Um, but it didn't really make sense why they were in a trap, except, like, two guys love this one chick, and she's been playing them, and they gotta decide... If they're gonna kill each other, is that one wor- or the other. Is that worth the trap? Yeah. Not only that, what makes me even more mad is the whole Carrie Elway's coming back as, you know, Dr. Gordon. Um crawling around with his leg cut off and he cauterizes the wound so it's like oh he, so it's like oh he lived through saw one even though it's it, it's seems like at the end of the day it's like they were like looking for ideas to like what's gonna be our new twist in this film yeah and like oh yeah and like it's not like they planned you can tell like they didn't plan this out at all throughout the entire series but they're like oh yeah at the end of saw one when fucking Carrie always gets away. You don't see him actually die. He probably should have died crawling around by himself in this hellhole. Um, so yeah, he didn't. He didn't die. He's alive, which makes no sense because all the flashbacks we've seen of things going on at that time, when like you don't see like when those flashbacks going on of like just Jigsaw walking around, Carrie always like dragging his body around, like looking help. No, I, it, it's just it's it's just like stupid to me. It's just absolutely stu- like it, it's uh, to me. It's them at this point, just like well, like I said, like he, oh, we didn't show him die, so uh, he's, he's alive. Surprise! The thing I I don't really want to get into the the full twist of that yet, but the thing with that opening sequence with Kiriel was is that. That is like, it goes nowhere at the beginning of the film. It's like, why did you show us this flashback? And there's no other scenario that you can put together as to the importance of that than that he's involved somehow. Right? I mean, like, that's not so much a twist as it is, like, the viewer thinking, like, there's got to be a reason you showed us him surviving the after game. all after all yeah. the yeah, after seven fucking you know six films here we are in the seventh like why is he all of a sudden back yeah and big if we found out after all these films Danny Glover's still fucking alive <laughs> he, he didn't die you know he, yeah at, he, it's kind of like the same shit they pulled in the last film with um the one detective girl which yeah. her name is escaping me now well because um, well, she escapes him. yeah. But I mean, yeah, they did they just, the same thing with her. It was like they hid her presence for two movies before saying, "Oh yeah, actually, she's alive." Yeah, like oh, we, and, we, and, we, and like, really, like, in this in this film, she doesn't mean anything. Yeah, well, because it's well in that case, because they were like, "Oh yeah, I remember like the shrapnel blew up in her face from the uh, jigsaw doll," and so I was like, "Oh yeah, she's dead." But like, we didn't show her die on screen, That's right, so yeah. we, you know, surprise, she's you know. Yeah, it, they do the same thing with Curiello's. But the the problem is that, that that happens first. That's the first thing that we see in this film. You know, not a trap, uh, not a recap of what happened in the last film. Which so, by the which by the way, 
I think with the amount of money these films are making, they don't need to recap what happened from the last. So, because you know who are seeing these films? People who've seen Saw films. Yeah. You know how many people are probably... Whether this it's like an incredibly popular franchise or not, how many people are going to go out when it's the seventh fucking film mm-hmm. in a franchise for that to be their launching point? Like, well, not, I've, I've heard good things. I've got to go. I've got to check out the last one. Not, not a lot of people. So you don't need to have those like constant like you know like. As I was telling you, it's like watching, like, you know, on Toonami, like, previously on Dragon Ball Z. It's like, yeah. previously on Saw. And then you get, like, a five-minute, you know, clip of what happened in the last film. And it's like, do we really need... No, we didn't need that. The thing is, We though, didn't need that at the, all. The thing is, though, people people coming back from, like, a year, they may very well need that because... I know, you, well, you may have forgotten, but then, like, let it come together as... Like, don't fucking... Do, like, that's annoying to me. Yeah. Each film. Well, I think the biggest thing, though, is that it's not going to come together because it's so convoluted at that point that it's really difficult to to piece those um, those different timelines together where you're trying to figure out, okay, you know, Carrie Elwes, oh, wait, he's back from the first film. Oh, wait, but then we got to skip over to Saw 6 to figure out what happened there, why, you know, uh, you know Hoffman is now... A bad guy. And then you gotta skip over to Saw 4 to remember what happened in those games where, you know, Jigsaw was targeting this person. And, you know, it's just, it's it's so convoluted that at that point, you do kind of need, especially coming back from, like, maybe a year or so that you, you haven't seen the film, coming back and saying, like, okay, what the fuck, where the fuck are we in this timeline? And and, and honestly, Saw doesn't even have a good timeline well, at all. Well, anyway. as I said, through yeah. every fucking review we've done, these films have no sense of space and time. Yeah, no, it so doesn't. So it is almost like, well, how long has he, like, Carrie El was not, because we see him later as, like, um, a survivor at, yeah, a, like, at a, a survivor's meeting. meeting. Yeah, And it's like, how long has he been, has it been a yeah. year or two? Who a couple of months? Like well, you don't really know because the film doesn't no, have a sense. It does has no the series has no sense of time whatsoever. It's just yeah, and I think that that that's the biggest problem with Curiosity is that there you know it's not a twist at the end of the film. You you've got to know anybody that is paying attention and they see that's the first scene. That's gonna immediately cue you in. It's like okay, he's still alive, so he must in some way be involved in... But that makes no sense, though. It doesn't make any sense. We'll get to that in a little bit, but but still, when you see that first, and then the film makes no mention of it again for another 45 minutes, yeah. you, what else are you to expect from it besides he's involved in Well, you can't way. have just Costas Mandalore riding off into the sunset, like, I've killed everybody who's found out that I'm Jigsaw, and just, like, you know, right away, like, I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so... In Saw 6, we saw that there was, like, a, a completely disconnected plot from the rest of Jigsaw's thing uh, about people that were, you know... Fucked by insurance. Fucked by insurance. <laughs> and now, in Saw 7, there's a, another somewhat disconnected plot line from, you know, whatever's happening with Jigsaw about a guy who pretends like he has actually been in a, a Jigsaw trap. It's not really... You know, it's it's not really connected to Jigsaw or Hoffman in any way, really, besides the fact that he's claiming 
that he's been a part of a of a trap, and that's the whole reason why he's getting punished. Exactly. Which at the same time, if you think about the jigsaws. Original intent, which these films have strayed very far from. Very far. Um, he wouldn't, I don't think, punish somebody for that because it's not like they're not appreciating life. Yeah, they're using deceit to get ahead and gain, but they're not. It's not that they're not valuing the. I mean, that to me is like that's a, that, again, that's like a very gray. Mm-hmm. Very gray area. It's like again, like the last, the last film where he's pissed off because an insurance guy, this insurance CEO that he has just easy access to go and you know talk, ta- to, him. talk to him about his policy. Um, you know he's gonna kill him because oh you you know you underestimated my will to live and it's and well, it's like well someone else after you kill him is taking that job. It's not like that company's folding overnight. Didn't really think that one out. And then, to kind of go back to the whole Carrie Elwes thing, it's, when you think about, like, the first Saw film, now it's, like, with, like, the whole idea and premise of why these people get put in these traps, it's like, why the fuck was he in a trap? Mm-hmm. He was just the doctor who was like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I don't, uh. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think experimental treatment is going to help you. I don't think. I don't th- now, yeah, with, now that we know that Baxter from Saw Six, so he's like, oh, he's just a doctor with bad bedside man. I thought you were going to die. Yeah. So that's why he was there, and the other guy was there because he was taking pictures of Carrie Elwes. Do you know? I can't remember. Was he cheating? On he was his cheating wife? on his wife. That with doesn't a, mean. With a resident, you okay, know. so uh, yeah, okay. Now, yeah. So I do remember that, but at the same time, does that mean he doesn't value? Life. He's probably valuing his life more because he's fucking someone else. <laughs> like, look, I'm not saying. I'm pretty sure I've actually said this in the first time. I'm not saying cheating is right because it's not. But at the same time, does that mean he's not valuing life? He's not valuing that relationship he has with his wife, and that's a betrayal and distrust. But that's not the. It's not like he's gonna come back to his wife with his leg amputated. Like, I love you, honey. I I was wrong to fuck that resident. You know, please take me in my, you know, handicapped aspect. No. Well, I mean, now like now it's like you said we're at seven. So this whole thing is just stupid. Well, and now now, like now I'm like getting as I'm starting to think about I'm getting angry. We're starting at, at the point where now the games of that are focused on people and. We can say that with Saw 7, this is the same setup as Saw 3, Saw 4, Saw 6, of one person being put into one long game of about an hour, and and being put into multiple games of other people, like, to save other Mm -hmm. people. Um, Not only is it the same setup, but it also is has very little connection with the overall plot of the Saw franchise, which... It's there to be busy work for the... Yeah. The cops investigating and for, uh... For Costas Mandalore as Hoffman to... To be, be trying to get out of his... To be doing something. Yeah. I think that's the biggest problem, is that we now don't have the an involvement that really brings together all of these plots at least in saw 2 we had eric matthews who was a cop 
investigating Jigsaw involved had, in a game. Involved in the game and he to try to save the people in that game he had and his daughter and his son, he had to listen to Jigsaw and it was this, basically Jigsaw to, and that and again, that's where I said that's interesting where you had that game going on and you have Jigsaw saying all you have to do is just talk to me for this a lot of time. And if you do that, you win. But he does it, and the twist that comes about is that game that was going on actually already happened. Yeah. So. And and I and the same thing is from one of your favorites, Saw 4, is that, again, that involves the uh, an investigator in the case. It's directly related to everything that's going on in the Saw world. Whereas in Saw 7, this game... If we had seen it completely out of context from the rest of the Saw films, it makes it no was, sense. Well, I mean, but you could you could put you don't need that other context of like they're investigating Jigsaw. It could have just been any old serial killer who was doing a game, and you wouldn't need it even to be in the Saw franchise at all. It could have been named something else. Could have been could have been anything else. Halloween. Yeah, exactly, and and it, it still it it wouldn't have done anything really for the for the the franchise as a whole. I don't think that this this game with someone who's pretending to be a part of Jigsaw's traps. I don't think it does anything for this for this film or the franchise. I don't think it furthers any any storyline. Um, the really the only things that do further the storyline is the fact that there's another game going on outside of the game that Hoffman's playing. That he doesn't know about that Jigsaw's already set in motion because he knew that at some point his wife was gonna, his ex-wife really, was gonna be killed. Which, what happens with that? And we'll talk about it a little bit later. I think that again contradicts what you're supposed to know about Jigsaw and his disdain for murder. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Unless that's like the one thing where it's like, this is the one situation where that <laughs> murder's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so I mean, I don't know. What did you what What do you think of that that whole game with the 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 guy um, who is you know, Darren, he, he's I think his name yeah was. He's, he's pretending like he's been a part of Jigsaw's traps in the past. He's he's trying to get through. Uh, he's trying to to use that to his advantage to make money off of other victims of Jigsaw's traps. Vict- real victims, really. Because we do see some callbacks to the other films mm-hmm. where they, there were some survivors in this survivor's group who actually talk about whether they were saved or uh, didn't really get anything from Jigsaw's game. Um, I mean... I don't care. Yeah, that's... I, that's, that's, that's I, I don't, you know... I think that's I think that's really the issue is that you just don't care about this game or this guy because for one thing it's pretty clear from the beginning that he was not involved in the game. And I think that's I think that's due to the terrible acting in this film. Well, the entire terrible acting. As you film. said, the entire acting in this film. Across the board, there's not a single person no, in this even, film. Even people that have been in Saw films previously, like Betsy Russell as Jill, she's horrible in Saw 7. I mean, she I, I wouldn't say that she's a great actor in general in the previous movies, 
But in Saw 7, it is very noticeable that she like, no ca- one is giving a shit. Just ca- cashing a yeah. Hit. Well, yeah, because that, that will bring us to Tobin Bell and his... <laughs> yeah. Like we'll talk about that in like a, in a to- minute, well, but, but I'm just like yeah. across the board. Nobody in this film is acting like they give a damn. Hell, at this point, which by the way, again, if I'm Costas Mandel or I'm like as I said last time, I'd be pissed off that I'm not getting top billing because he's the main antagonist of these films, where the protagonist, whoever your main protagonist is, doesn't really matter at fucking all. And he's still getting bottom billing behind Tobin Bell, who in this film is only in it for three minutes. Yeah. Three fucking minutes compared to, like, Besides, you know. like, his voices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I if, I, say, if I was Co- I, Costas Mandalore, I'd be contacting the Actors Union mm-hmm. and being like, what the, like, you know, like, how is this happening to my credit? Like, come on. Yeah. Come on, this is bullshit. But, but pretty much every, no one really... You, no one gives a crap in this film at all about the way they're portraying anybody. I mean, I will say that Carrie Elwes, at least, coming back for this film to, like, bookend the series, is at least a, about the same level of, like, over the top as he was in so- the first Saw. Yeah, I think even more so, though. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think so. I think so, actually. I think more so. Right. And I, you gotta kind of admire that. You gotta kind of admire that he was like, sure, I'll come back. He, he, maybe he saw the progression of the films, like, he's like, wow, the series compared to, like, where it started off, where I was, like, <laughs> woo, we've gone, you know. Right, but we've he. We've gone long and straight, so if I came back trying to play, like, straight, it'd be like, so out of place that he's got, he has to be campy. But that he came back at all, I think, is, I don't know, it's a commitment. It, because, like, let's say you were in Saw 1, and you did get some moderate success from it. It's not like Carrie Ellis didn't have success in previous films. I mean, he's been in quite a few other previous films, and he's been in some good work. Um, I mean, but, and so you were in Saw, and you had some moderate success with Saw. You know, you did pretty well. Uh, and then you saw, like you said, you saw where saw the saw series was going and then someone said, Hey, would you want to come back for saw seven? It's really, it's going to be our last one. And we're looking to bookend the series with you being in it. Uh, would you really be interested at that point in coming back it's and, and pr- the paycheck? Yeah, exactly. It has to be the, mo- how many zeros they put at the end of that <laughs> paycheck. But, uh, because, but, because I mean, look, if the series stayed kind of true, yeah, and didn't, especially with soft from Saw Five and up, and didn't get so campy, um, especially this film is the most the campiest of them all by a mile and a half. But I would say after Saw Four, Saw Five, Saw Six, and this is very much in tone with. Your traditional horror sequel where, like, by the time you get past the fifth one, it's, you know, all hell breaks loose and... It's not a parody, it's a self-parody of a parody! And and that's where this is getting to. Um, Like I said, I think if the series did stay serious the entire way through, I think him coming back and they didn't show him being alive, that, I like, um, if they saved that, like, his intro... For the very end. Like, oh, that's how he, you know, survived. That would make it much more impactful, and that would be a very good twist. You know? And it would make sense, too, because they would, 
again, they didn't show him dying in the first film. You just see him crawling slowly out of the room, saying he's going to get help. Which we assume, if you watch the first film, that he dies. Um, that would be a nice little twist. It would seem like, even though I wouldn't believe that it was, it would seem like, like oh, they were they were smart and they planned that out. Yeah. Um, here, though, the fact, as like you said, they show him running around, you know, crawling around in the beginning and cauterizing his you know, cut-off leg and surviving. Um... That does like instantly clue you in, like, oh, he's got to be somehow yeah. involved. Yeah. So I, I think that alone, like, spoil that spoils the film. If they save that for the end, that you know that would make it a better film. And I think if the films were serious throughout, then like you know keeping serious with like how the games were played and how with the idea behind the games were and the reasons for these people being put in those games. And that they weren't innocent people, because these games have been putting a lot of innocent people in there. Yeah. These past three films. Then, yeah, yeah, that would be more impactful, make sense, and be a good idea. But I think the fact that it's gone campy, they betrayed the entire ideology of Jigsaw along the way, and kind of tweaked it here, there, and everywhere. And even though you could argue, well, it's Hoffman now. But at the same time, he has been trying to follow Jigsaw's, you know, rule. I, I it, see. That's where like it all just like falls apart and yeah, a bunch of bullshit. I think um, we were talking about Tobin Bell a little bit, who in Jigsaw is only in this film for like yeah, you're right, like three minutes. Um, the biggest thing with that is that they've really made a mockery of John in this film. Because here, he is really, like, in those cartoons where a little kid is wearing one of those caps with the big with propeller ca- yeah. on, on the top. <laughs> like, that's basically what John looks like in this film. Because he's... What, what happens is, there's a flashback to where John uh, met with... And his name is Bobby. Bobby, who was the... Uh, My bad for forgetting yeah, Bland yeah, Act. Yeah, Bland right. guy. Bobby. Put- Bland guy put him in a trap. I thought it was, they were calling Bobby. him. I thought they were calling him Darren. No. So Bobby, um, you know, he he met with Bobby. He did a book. Bobby did a book signing. John met with him. Knew he was lying about a about his jigsaw trap, and uh, basically called him out on it. But also, you know, showed up in a sweatshirt, a big bag, work, workman's jeans, and a nice <laughs> huge. <laughs> ball cap backwards on his head. And that, like I said, he looks like one of those kids with a uh, hat on his head with the little propeller on the top because it's that comically like exaggerated, yeah, exaggerated and, and really just so much out of character for him. Not only that, why would he show up? Yeah. I mean, that would be very, it's very egotistical of Jigsaw. Like, I can understand why he would punish him, because he's lying, and he doesn't like people, because he gets, when he, you know, Hoffman, when we find out Hoffman and Saw 4, his pendulum trap, you know, he wasn't working with Jigsaw then, that Jigsaw, and Jigsaw's pissed off that he was using his, you know, um... Yeah, his name. His, his name his, and trademark to yeah. get away with it, um... I can see why he would punish Bobby. 
for being, you know, lying about it. And so, like, oh, you think you went through one of my games? I'm gonna show you. And it's, and, and, I, which and makes that's clever because he does make him do the same game that he claimed that he could do. Yeah, I mean that's clever. That's a, that's a good. That is a good idea. But at the same time, I think it's very obnoxious and pretentious of him to show up and be like, oh, so you know, and call him out on it, like, yeah. Like that to me is that's, that's that to me is just them like they ran, they didn't have an idea on how to fit Tobin Bell in, so that's how they fit him in. They you know they had to like oh shit how do we get him in here? Right, they had to get him into a place where he would actually know about Bobby and his you know his ploy. His... Which but like if you but if you read like the newspaper because his book apparently is best selling, he could have just you know been like yeah oh so this asshole said he survived you know like well I'll make sure I you know capture him and I think though that that gets to the heart of the problems with Saw Seven in that Saw Seven has games just to have games. Gotta get that three D. Gotta get the three D. You gotta get the gore in. So like there's a there's one point where. The survivors in the survivor group are retelling like moments from their games, and there's a game where two people are holding onto like a spiked bar <coughs> in the air, and they got an American gladiator fight each other like hanging yeah. in that bar, and then beneath them are like fifteen industrial fans <laughs> on the floor. And my question not only not only does this game like matter zero percent because we don't even see the initiation of the game or anything like that that's completely outside of the realm of like what saw normally they does just, they just show them all of a sudden hanging from the bar like right. kick, kicking the edge like i said like an american gladiator game like oh whoever knocks this person off with like the the giant ear cleaner first you know wins the game that's what it essentially was i mean my question was just how did they get up there i know how, how if they're asleep you know, knocked yeah. out, hanging from the bar. <laughs> How do they, like, hang from the bar, not knowing it, for one thing, as they're asleep, and then they wake up, and they're still hanging from the bar. And not when they first wake <laughs> up, and like, oh shit, and they yeah. can actually, you just know. Just drop. I just didn't, the whole logistics of that game just really bugged me. But anyways, that game matters, like, not, not at all. But that was a moment where the producers were like, we gotta get in as much as we can in this, it, you know, as much, as many games, as much blood as we can. And that was a moment that they thought was a, was a great moment to get that in. It doesn't match with the rest of the soft franchise because in general, we don't see any games like that, that aren't started from the beginning. For one thing, yeah, that, that game that, was that like just, in yeah. media's res yeah. uh, when we, when we see it and it just happens like in an instant. And then the other thing is that, yeah, you don't, you you, there's no point to that game that we need to see it. I think this, this is the only film where you cut to a game that's in the mm-hmm. middle of it. Every film, in the middle of the game, yeah. Every film so far has with each trap at least set up yeah. the 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 process for the game. Yeah. And that one, we don't even how how do you even win that game? Because when you kick that dude off of their pole. How do you get down from your pole? Well, maybe your bar is just, you know, because there's, maybe I'm guessing, I didn't see it, but maybe there's platforms behind you, and now that you kick the guy, the fans stop, so if you accidentally drop, you don't get bladed, and 
the, the, just hold on, and the bar just mm, moves to a platform, and you're free to walk out. Who no. knows? Who knows? Apparently, Hoffman's not only detective extraordinaire; he's you know a motherfucking engineering genius like Jigsaw because he's got these ridiculous elaborate traps, and we'll talk about when we get to the traps. <laughs> just like how like. Really? Like, you designed you, that. You, a cop of 20 years, was able to figure, you know. Not only that, but he's also. Unless Jigsaw left plans around, of like, I, like, tra- he's like, oh, I can, yeah, I, you know, I know how to work an arc welder. I can get that shit all. <laughs> yeah, not only that, though, but he's also sort of a master surgeon, which doesn't really fit with the whole idea of where Dr. Gordon, Carrie Elwes' character, comes in later. Because if, let's say in this film, there's a trap where there's a hook placed into a woman's stomach Mm -hmm. that it holds a key. And the idea is that they have to pull that out of her stomach to get the key through her throat. So somehow, Hoffman has put that key in her stomach. I just like referring to Man. Because that's just such a great name. Like Hoffman... What a bland name. And it was like, your real, na- your real name is Custis Mandalore. It's not, true. It's not true. Hoffman. But anyway, so how, first of all, how did he do it? Because apparently Dr. Gordon has been doing all of the surgery that Jigsaw has had. So there's a disconnect between what Hoffman has done as surgery and what Dr. Gordon has done for surgery. Because Hoffman doesn't know that Dr. Gordon's involved. Which makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. That ma- it makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. No. When he drops like a certain body off, and when he's like Hoffman drops like a body off, he's like, okay, I'm leaving. And then Gordon comes back, so it's like an eye or something. And then when Hoffman comes to the crime scene later on, and he sees that, like, how is he not like, he's like who did that? Yeah, who's who? Who? Well, that wasn't that? that wasn't me because I don't know how to do that, but. And Jigsaw don't know how to, and that junkie bitch Amanda sure as hell doesn't know who to, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like I said, it's literally them just kind of, at at the end, they are just cobbling shit together to be like, oh, what a twist, you know. That's right. Um... Let's, let's... Which, again, which makes no sense, because as we know from the ending of Saw 6, where... Uh, Hoffman gets out of the uh, reverse bear trap, but he has his jaw torn from, you know, his face pretty good. Yeah. In this film, right from the beginning, where you see him doing, suturing his jaw back, you know, back together. Yep. So it's like, when you we get the twist of Carrie Elway's Dr. Gordon still, you know, being alive and also being an accomplice of Jigsaw, because he does, as you said, the surgery work, it, make, it makes no sense. It's like, because we've seen Hoffman already be able to do that. So either he... is what From what it looks like, he didn't know that he was part of the game. But at the same time, if him for the know that, like, know how to do that, did he learn that from Dr. Gordon? And he's at the end, he's surprised that he betrayed him? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not really you know clear on. Like, did he know that he was also part of the crew, or... Because they're hinting towards evidence, like, oh, you didn't know, he was, you know, but yeah. you should have known, and at the same time, it's like, oh, I don't know. 
it's hard to put. It's really hard to put together. It's it just doesn't. They don't add up really. So what did you think of the traps? Um, bland. Bland. They show gore. This is the go- this is the goriest film of the entire franchise. Yeah. Um. But it's comical. Yeah. They they use very hyper realistic blood. So it's got that original Romero Dawn of the Dead blood look where it's like bright pink. Yeah. It is. And, yeah. and it's comical. And it's not like endearing like in Dawn of the Dead. It's like <laughs> Oh god, that drill's digging into her neck and killing her, but you got b- pink blood shooting. <laughs> you know, so and I think like um the the biggest thing with the comical aspect of it is that the traps go so far into like the the, the it's so just so ridiculous like well like Chester Benningfield's uh, trap um, who's from Lincoln Park and he gets his he gets a, a trap where he plays a a racist which I didn't understand that trap really at all no I mean basically the only thing is that. He is stuck to a, the seat of a car. How though? Does his skin melt? Yeah, onto it's the... basically like glued on or something. Like it's acid. It you know I don't know. It somehow it's stuck to the to the seat of the car, and he has to pull himself off of the seat in order to um you stop the vehicle from accelerating, uh, so that he can first of all so so that it won't run over the woman that's underneath the car and then that will in turn stop the car from uh, ripping ripping the guy's arms off that the chains are attached to behind the car as it forwards into a dude in a like standing at a wall but weren't those like people like people like like you're a racist and a sexist and all and an yes list and- yeah they were they were like his his group of racist friends oh I thought it was like one guy's like a black guy or something like that. No, yeah, yeah like, like, like he's like, you made fun of this black guy, or like, and you made fun of this handicapped guy. So we're gonna. It's like that doesn't really make sense. How are you punishing him if he accidentally runs down a guy that yeah. he, you know? No, those were those were all his like racist. But friends. that, but then again, as I said, that's where I wasn't really paying that much attention <laughs> to because I was just shaking my head in disapproval of this film from the get go. That. But what I was saying with that is that it's so over, it's, it's so when intricate, the tra- with, and not only it's that, ridiculous. Yeah, and when the trap does set in motion, when the car like presses down on the chick's head, you literally get like the <laughs> noise of like her head, and it's like that's not scary. Yeah, that's not gore. That's just, <laughs> it's like ah, you, you know, you made like a fart joke. Yeah, and and then again, because the blood is like I said fucking pink in this film. I don't... It's... Do you think they were trying to be... Like, they knew what this franchise has become, and it's like a parody of a parody. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, it's like... It's like it's Jason Takes Manhattan. I mean, it kind... It, it does seem like it's... It's too jokey to take seriously, but at the same time, it does take itself very seriously. It does. It it it's a very serious film, or it's meant to be a very serious film. I think more than anything, 
it's meant to be a like an an homage to the rest of the series. I know, but at the same time, it's like, how can somebody not sit here and be like, maybe we're doing this a little. Maybe we're going about this the wrong way. That's... I mean, you could say that about Saw 5, five through now. I mean, Saw well, 5 no, through no, I know, I know that, but like, if you know this is going to be the last film, everything in this comes across as... Like, as just way too... Like the worst aspect of Saw? The only thing that they hamper down that's like the worst aspect in this film is those the shitty editing. Yeah. They, there's only one spot, and it's at the very end where they crank that up. And it's like, you went the entire film without doing that. Come on. Come on. Yeah. But it, it, this film is almost like they took the shittiest aspects of each film, and that's like, this is how we're going to end. That's true. And then... I don't disagree with that. Like, and it's uh, I'm, I just I just don't understand the thought process behind this. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they called it Saw 3D Seven, the final chapter, but they're thinking, like, hey, well, we'll get into Saw Eight, you know, and because it ends set up set up for Saw Eight, basically. Right. That's the thing about this film is that it doesn't really feel like an ending or a final chapter, as the subtitle suggests. Though, at the same time, films do like to do, and TV shows too, like to end with, like, it, like, because the way it ends, it's like, oh, it is coming full circle, though, because even though it could set up for the next thing, it is coming full circle. Right, exactly. And, and that person, you know. Yeah, it did come full circle. You know, we get a lot of those, those things where it came back to the beginning of the f- franchise where they were in the same area, um, you know, it's still got... How is that building not condemned yet? I don't know. It's got, you know, Carrie Elwes. It still has Adam's body in there. Um... Oh, that's his name. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, in that regard, yes, that does seem like a, a finality. But at the same time, you are right to, to point out that Jigsaw's final, final game For that involves Hoffman is... Checked if 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 uh, Doctor Gordon is carrying it out as planned, is actually murder. Whereas Jigsaw has in the past said no, I you know I I don't condone murder. I hate murderers. He finds it distasteful. Doctor Gordon gets rid of uh, the saw to cut off you know to allow Hoffman to cut off his leg like Doctor Gordon did in the first film in a ridiculous 3D 3D effect where he chucks the saw at the camera. Uh, And so... It looks so bad. It's so bad. It's it's great. It is very bad. That's why I say, like, it's like, when you watch these films, it's like, oh, like, if you're not in the theater watching in 3D, it's like, oh my, oh, you, oh, God, why? Yeah. Why? Like, with My Bloody Valentine, yeah, like the, you know, the axe throw, and it's like, oh, it's coming at us! Yeah. It's it is bad, but um, you know you have that scene, and it very clearly Doctor Gordon is committing murder. That is, and if it's ordained by Jigsaw, then he's the exact same, the exact hypocrite that he does not like. So it, it's hard to say. Is Doctor Gordon actually carrying this this game out incorrectly? Is he supposed to leave the saw? And and that again like brings to like the whole thing with like Hoffman 
too, as we as I mentioned throughout the past, you know, three films is like, is the traps that he's setting up, are because it is suggested throughout these films that it's Jigsaw's will to have these certain things happen, but like the way they're set up is like. It doesn't make sense because he's the man who finds murder distasteful, but these things are set up for murder. Yeah. It's not, like, a clear clear thing, especially with, you know, like, some of the people involved in these traps, and especially from the last film, like, some of the people set up in the traps are, like, totally innocent, but they're getting... Most of them yeah. in this film are totally innocent. They don't... Some of them don't... Well, actually, most of... No. Some, like his wife, like Bobby's wife, they don't know that he's lying. Yeah. Bobby's wife has no idea that he's lying. So for her to be punished for that is ridiculous, for one thing. And, I mean, the only thing I could think of, and this is me playing devil's advocate, because I don't believe it, is the only thing I can think of is, like, because it goes back to the last movie, too, is that that innocent is put in that place because if... If he doesn't succeed at the game and she dies, it's him learning from her pain and suffering to, you know, value life and not to fuck up like that again. But at the same time, that doesn't make sense because it's costing another, you know, an innocent life. Yeah. And 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 there's no, there's no reason that we've been shown that she, she didn't value life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. She should have had, if that was the case, she should have the chance to redeem, re- get herself out of the trap. Yeah. And she does not. She, there's no way for her. She's to get relying herself on, you know, yeah. Bobby to do it. So yeah. it, it makes, it makes no sense. So do you think that saw has now become a caricature of itself as it gets to saw seven? Oh, a very poor one too. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, they're focused on the traps. Especially in this film, like you said, there's traps there that don't make sense. And they're just there to kind of show off the gore in the 3D. Um, I don't think they're taking anything seriously. <laughs> I th- and I, I, I think the whole original idea, which, like as I've said throughout this entire thing, I do think it is a good idea. It's a good concept to have a serial killer who puts people in traps who don't appreciate life. If they're, like, a drug user or, you know, somebody who's, like, suicidally depressed. Like, oh, you're suicidal. Like, that would make sense. Like, if you're, like, jigsaw. Like, oh, you're suicidally depressed, but you have, like, a a loving wife and kids and, like, this great job, but you're suicidal. Here, let me put you in this trap to show you that, hey, you shouldn't be a fucking, you know. That would make sense. That it's a good idea. You don't have to agree. I'm not saying I agree with that, uh ideology yeah. Yeah. that jigsaw you know but that's a good idea that's good story here it's it's again as the films have gone on his whole idea and morale has been skewed you don't know with these traps if they're his idea if they're hoffman's if they're now carrie elwes dr gordon's uh, trap like you don't know you don't know who is designing these now and if it is jigsaw which sometimes they connect these things back to jigsaw it doesn't make any sense because it goes against what he believes in yeah and as we said throughout in the last uh podcast that he's now coming across as just a whiny petulant bitch you know it's like like i said now it's just it makes no sense and like I, I I just don't care. 
Mm-hmm. I, I I honestly don't. So is uh, Saw Seven worse than last night's election? <laughs> you know, I think this might be my least favorite Saw film. Yeah, and this I, is the this is the one that hits rock bottom. And I think it. it has to mainly do with because at this point I just don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, even though in a sense I think. It might be a little bit more enjoyable than like Saw Six and Saw Five, and Saw, th- and in some aspect even though maybe more than like Saw Three. It's still like at this point I don't fucking care mm-hmm. because along this way you have done so much damage to the original premise that it just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um. In this film, I really don't find any of the traps to be interesting. I do kind of like the whole fish hook in the stomach or whatever, and you have to get it out. And but if if the person screams and makes noises, then, you know it'll draw drills. I like that. I think that's a nifty little thing. But at the same time, that's like so much complicated engineering put into that. That's like what? Yeah. Um, I think. Um, I do, and I, and I do actually like the fact they go back to Bobby and his tr- overall trap being him putting himself into the trap that he said he escaped from, and it backfiring. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a clever one. That is, he, even though he, even though he basically the trap, even though that, like I said, that would go against Jigsaw because it's design. He does lose because he can't win that trap because. I do think the whole him, like, punishing him for that is good. But at the same time, his wife getting cooked alive in a fucking overcomplicated furnace mm. because it makes no sense because she was innocent. She didn't know he was lying to her. She, you know, fell in love with him because she thought he survived and he needed to be healed. And so that, that to me, like, that part of it's just stupid. And, like, how the whole furnace and the it's like... Who designed that? Yeah, it's like, like a Transformers furnace. I know, it's like uh, Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah. It, it's ridic- it's totally ridiculous and um So what would you I mean, what would you rate this film out of uh what do we do? 10 saw blades. Uh probably a 3 out of 10. 3 out of 10 for this one. Um it's definitely the lowest. Well, I gave I think saw 5 and saw 3 that. Mhm. Um and then, and we haven't like talked that much about, but like I said, I think two coming off that with the twist being Carrie Elwes, Doctor Gordon, is actually working with Jigsaw. I mean, we touched about it briefly, but I think finding out that because he survived, cauterized his leg, and Jigsaw catches up to him, and he's like, "Congratulations, you survived, Doctor Gordon." He like baptize, literally baptizes him, like puts some water on him, and like puts it on his forehead. Yeah. It makes no sense to me why after all that he'd be like, "All right, yeah, I'll follow you." Yeah, he. I don't. You know, I guess the idea is like, oh, because if you do survive Jigsaw's games, you will find out that his way is the right way. But that's not true because you have from the last one the black chick who cut her fucking arm off to get through the game, and she's like, "I didn't learn shit." She gets nothing. Yeah, she's like, "I've learned that like the only good thing I got from this is fucking handicapped parking in the mall." You know, so it makes no sense for him after all that to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to follow you because you made me a wooden leg to like, cr- you know, crawl around with. 
which he would have gotten from the fucking hospital when he got <laughs> out. So, I mean, in a sense, it's like a nice coming because he basically he kills Hoffman. Lee, well, Lee, we don't know he killed Hoffman. Right. For all we know, at, when Maybe Saw Hoff- Eight, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe Hoffman will be back for Saw Eight because they can't carry on with him. He's on one one film for every you know six. So uh, yeah. Um. But I mean, it's just that twist at the end is, of him being like, "Oh, I was a part of you know of Jigsaw's family the entire time." It's like, ugh. yeah. Um. I just think the gore looks terrible. Um, I think there was really no point in killing Jigsaw's wife in this. No. I, I, I th- you know, I mean, as you said, it was, I think it was done, as you said, just to see, like, this is how the reverse bear trap actually works, you know, and it's going to be her. And then, like I said, because of the fucking blood being pink, <laughs> it just it looks like her head gets ripped open. You got pink blood shooting. It's like, Bruce! Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I gotta say, I I'm kind. I'm kind of at loss of words. Just yeah, it's, I don't it's really tough to put them together. See this flaw so far. <laughs> um, I think I'd probably give it a three and a half. Is it your least favorite? Song? Yeah, it is my least favorite. I mean, like I said, because even the ones I gave three, you're like, <laughs> I give yeah. six. Yeah. You know, or... I mean, like I said, I I've seen this one before. I saw it one time. I. Did not like it when I saw it. I remember that. Um, and I were I, you mad at the, when you saw it in theaters like that the, that like twist ending where you're like, oh, you son of a bitch. Well, I mean, I think I saw this franchise going downhill, not just at Saw Seven, but earlier than that. And um, I don't know. I mean, I just I don't know. If, I don't know. How, I don't know how I felt about that that twist at the end, but. I just remember just being like this. This is totally, you know, not in line with the rest it's, of the Saw franchise. It's Halloween Six, yeah, and Halloween yeah. Resurrection. It's like, yeah, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's totally bumbling. It's it's just bumbling, and it's unfortunate. But you know, once you get to Saw, you know, to the seventh or the eighth. You're doing what you can to continue <laughs> that franchise in any way possible. I mean, I I get it, but that doesn't make it any good. That's that's the problem. So I so maybe you shouldn't crank out a sequel that's, that's every year. Yeah, every year it's it's a little difficult. <laughs> like I said, you're gonna be grasping for like, hey, we didn't show this one yeah. person getting killed, so we'll have them come back, you know. And um, so well now you may not remember, but how do you feel now about that ending? Um, of it ending with, uh, Doctor Gordon yeah. locking, uh, Hoffman, uh, Hoffman up into in, the into the original room and saying "Game over." You know. I mean, I I did like some of the callbacks that they had in this film. You know, of Saw Two, where they had the fire trap, the 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 um the roasting mm-hmm. trap, um, so and some of the other callbacks that they had. So in a way, yes, that the lockup is kind of a nice, you know, reference to the first film. But yeah, I don't think it really fits with Saw. I don't think there's a good answer to why Gordon would do that for Jigsaw. Um, it, you know, when Jigsaw does not like murderers, and that's that is 
pretty blatantly murder that you took away anything that he could use to cut off his leg and just left him. Well, as we said, like too, with like the last film, with how the rever- how Jigsaw ordered Jill to put the reverse bear trap on Hoffman. If you know, yeah, that, again, yeah. that that's like, murder. There was nothing he could do about it. So. Yeah, he had, he had to be very quick and you know use his own ingenuity to like, like jam it in this you know door. You know, there's no way Jigsaw could have figured that in. Like, within this room, he'd be able to, you know, somehow break out by doing this, so. It's, yeah, it's the same problem as that one. You know, that's, it, now you're getting into the point where, yes, you know, even though Jigsaw said that he doesn't like murder, he's a hypocrite. And you have to try to figure out whether, is that just bad writing? Is that Dr. Gordon acting on his own and starting the cycle over again? Um... It's not clear, and I don't. It it won't be, and I'm I'm honestly hoping that Saw Eight does not pick up from where we leave off here because I don't think there's any mileage to gain from of it just being yeah, Dr. Gordon from or... this again. You know, I I don't think that there's they've got to start. You know, maybe a reboot or start over with something else. I, I don't think there's mileage in continuing this franchise in the direction that it was heading. So I don't know. Because they're then they're just be like, oh, how can we get these killings to be like more, even more in public now? To be exactly, more, yeah. To be more like not just yeah, not just intricate traps, but public executions, uh, of... internet, uh, you know, uh, things like that. See, that'd be good for Scream to do. Yeah, you know, social media sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So we we made it through. You made it through Saw. You got through the whole franchise. This was a this was tough, right? I mean, this was a grueling experience. Yeah. This was kind of like a one of a, a trap in itself. Well, like most of these horror films we've done, they've all been pretty much pretty grueling. I think that which, though, which like I said, at the end of the day, when I think about it, it's like, man, like a year ago we were doing like uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and I was like, man, that movie sucked, but Warmer Side of the Door <laughs> is great. Now I'll probably watch it. Like, man, this is pretty entertaining. Yeah, you this is a good movie now. Um, I think though, to be fair to Saw, if you were to say do Halloween for your Halloween series, and we did all Halloween films in a row, I think you'd be at the same point. Um, that's not true because I like I love Halloween. I love Halloween too. True. I like Halloween three. Yeah. I think Halloween four is okay, and then Halloween five is <laughs> and then Halloween six, <laughs> and then H two O is only good because James. Uh, for, a little bit because it's uh, got Jamie Lee Curtis in it, and I have kind of nostalgia for it because it that totally follows the '90s trend of slasher films at the time with Scream. I know you did it last summer, Urban Legend. Mm-hmm. Man, that would be you know good to do that, Urban Legend. Yeah. Um, but and then you know Resurrection is total shit. Yeah. But I I, I at least l- l- like quite a few of those films, so mm-hmm. I would be able to you know. And now, if we did, like, Friday the 13th, and yeah, you know, you're totally right. I'd be, by the time we're getting to, like, the fourth one, the final chapter, I would be just sick of it. And I would yeah. And if we watched them all in a row, by the time we got to, like, Jason X, we'd be like, I can't, you know, even though this is a hilarious film for the shit that's in it, I'd be like, I'd be pissed off about it. Yeah. At that point. But. But, uh. We should congratulate ourselves that we made it this far. We really should. This is our longest series. 
I all all I know is after watching these films and I've seen them all for the first time, uh, the only ones I like is Saw One, Saw Four. The rest of them are very hit and miss, and I don't understand the appeal. Yeah, I really don't. I think the idea is cool. Like as I said before, I think the concept of this franchise is cool. I think it's a very good idea. I think it's just very poorly executed, and um, it's just. I just don't understand it. Because I think with, like, I think some of the good ideas that come with the traps are completely nullified by the directing and the cinematography and the editing Mm -hmm. and the acting. So it's like, it's like, yeah, you got a good idea, then you fuck it up. And then, like, with this film, as I said, like, they didn't have that, like, fast-paced editing at all. It's like the very end, they had... Like, they, they couldn't resist cramming that in there. Same thing with, like, the green. They only had, like, one room where they had it, like, puke green lighted. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you just couldn't resist. You couldn't just have normal lighting in that shitty bathroom. You had to have, you know, a luminescent light in there to fuck it all up. And <laughs> That's true. So, we are planning on doing Idiocracy next week, right? Yeah. That is uh, our topical movie of the week. Uh, we're gonna move on from this. We're gonna try to try to cover something enjoyable, enjoyable, <laughs> lighthearted. Uh, and then I think at some point, very soon, we're gonna try Doctor Strange as well, right? Yeah, I would like to do that for this month. Um, That's right. Somehow we're gonna get to that, and then from there, it's a mystery. Um, yeah, even we don't know, but we'll figure it out. Um, administrative duty time. Uh, we are on, we should, we, we should have, cause you say that every time. I we, know I should just we, have a canned thing. Well, not just a canned thing, but have like a little jingle to go like administrative duty. You know? Yeah, I know. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's something that's important. We got to do. So, uh, you can listen to us on iTunes and subscribe to us, leave us a review, um, or any other podcast app that you use. We're pretty much on everything. You can find us on Facebook, Blood and Black Rum Podcast on there. Uh, like us, you know, support us, you know, comment or do whatever you do on Facebook and, uh, we will respond. We promise. Uh, we're on Twitter. It's at Blood and Black Rum. And I try to update the Twitter every time we post a new episode, but I can't really say that I'm always on it. So, you know, if you res- if you respond to me or you follow us or you retweet or anything like that, um, I may be a little while in getting back to you. That's, you know, it's just because I have a- another Twitter account as well and they're not easy to manage together. So uh, just keep that in mind. We have an email address, bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. Write to us. Let us know what you want to see coming up in the next episodes. We did finish our Halloween series with Saw. So we are now looking at new films to cover. And uh, we are open to suggestions. So let us know at the email. And other than that, we have a, a website, bloodandblackrumpodcast.wordpress.com. Come on over. Check us out. I post our episodes there first um, when they come out. And finally, our SoundCloud account is uh, open to follow. 
Um, that is where our, our episodes actually get uploaded to first. So before they make it to iTunes, they're actually going to be on SoundCloud. So you can follow us like those tunes, um, send us messages, whatever you want on SoundCloud. Um, and everything else, you know, you can find us and Google us online. So thank you for listening to us. Uh, we really appreciate you sticking around with us through this Halloween series as we covered all saw, all seven saw films. Um, and I'm sure we'll be back again with another uh, series, a run of films. But uh, right now we're going to cover uh, a few single films before we really work our way into a, a, a franchise again. Because to be quite honest, we're kind of we're kind of burnt out on on covering this the same types of franchises uh, every week. Saw was definitely a long one. Um, but thank you for listening to that. And uh, we'll be back next week with Idiocracy. Um, make sure you subscribe and review us and, uh, we'll see you next time.